0: The Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 30 Recap. What's up, you savages. This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. And this is where you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, it will be after the fight because this is a recap show. We're going to be recapping UFC Vegas 30, briefly touching on uh, maybe some PFL Bellator 261. We'll see. Um, you know me. It, it it tends to be USC centric because that's mainly my beat. Didn't do a write up for Bellator or UFC. Technically was a week off, but gonna be here for you guys nonetheless. And um, yeah, so that's what it's gonna be here for this show. And we're gonna be hitting you with some uh, top five shows later. So if you're listening on YouTube, the audio version of this. Thank you for the like. Thank you for the subscribe. Daniel Tom MMA. And um, appreciate you guys, especially because it's audio version and you don't get, like, the cool Jeremiah was a bullfrog intro that we just got on the Apple Podcast version. Shouts to you guys as well. The five-star ratings and reviews over at Apple Podcasts help. And, Dan, why aren't you taking the off week uh, that you took off? Or, you know, or um, why aren't you uh, getting some of the stuff done that you always promised this show? Uh, you know, from graphic thumbnails to uh, audio quality uh adjustments i'm trying something new here a little bit so hopefully this one sounds okay but it's more with the guests is the issue um or you know so on and so forth the stitcher soundcloud that's been on you know for years now um i was also doing the math for the goal of trying to hit 300 episodes by our five-year anniversary and realized that even if i do a triple this week in one episode every week like i normally do anyways on this show um i'll still come like six or seven short so i'm gonna have to be packing in in where i can uh so since we have a week off i know a lot of people like to say two weeks which i don't get especially if you work in this space because you damn well know that um we're having a work like from the week before or at least during the week at the very least depending on what you're and what your procrastination levels are so it really is only a week and even if you're not working in this space you are being inundated especially on a mcgregor fight week which is Almost as if the organization is acknowledging that they oversaturate the shit out of us and conveniently book Mr. McGregor when they do have, uh, you know, when it's convenient to get that extra pub and push from all the publications from top to bottom that, you know, seem to be steering the right, uh, in their direction. So anyways, um, these week off, not two weeks, sorry, a little tangent there, but uh, a week off is a good thing. Um, and uh, as per usual, we don't get enough of them. And with you know everything going on, it's been hard to be full speed ahead on the, this one man show. Um, that is supported by you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I'm not not financially supported. This is a free show, and it will remain free. But you know, just the support from listening, uh, gosh forbid sharing, doing the likes, uh, DMing me just saying you appreciate the show that that all counts as support um, you don't have to be like the show times from Tennessee a man Ramundo uh, hitting the PayPal link which you can you know if you want to donate straight up to the show it does go to the show I do post what I do buy for the show and the upgrades and keep you guys up to speed there much appreciated my man does not need to do that I already uh, owe him first round when he uh, when he comes when he mosey's on out this way but appreciate you uh, Ramundo Uh, That's at mixedmarshallanalyst.com, which is linked in the bios, whether you want to get at me at the social media where I'm most active, at DanTomMMA on Twitter. You can also do an underscore version of Find Me on Insta if you want to work there. Uh, although I'm not a big Insta fan, and a lot of people be creeping. Um, and, uh, yeah, or at the PYN podcast on all social platforms. We don't pollute your feed. It is supported, of course, by mixedmartialanalyst.com, where a said PayPal link can be found, as well as, which I actually don't promote enough, but try to promote more than the PayPal link. I feel weird asking for things hence a free show but I do offer click-throughs because it's not fun shopping through corporations you know especially you know you know like Amazon or on it but I do have those click-through banners banners there oh um, you know I, I buy the the plant-based protein since they no longer do hemp stuff, which just bums me out from it. But either way, if you buy stuff from there, like weights or whatever, you click through the link. It doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't give me anything. It just kicks back a percentage of your sale, no extra cost to you, to this podcast. Amazon's fun, though. It does the same thing at no extra cost to you. I know we all use Amazon, unfortunately, right? Um... It, 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 it but it does list what you buy. Now it won't list your name. So if you want to have your one night in Bangkok, like David Carradine, you know you want to get the the nylon rope, the karate yee, you know whatever, whatever, whatever that that, that night entails. I'm not gonna tattle tale on you. Um, I will pontificate on said items uh, and and wonder what kind of individual would buy them as I, <laughs> uh, sh- you know, s on both the you know the the the. Uh, the, the proverbial you, and as well as myself, but no, no, just kidding. I, it won't list anything, honestly. Um, you can buy whatever you want there through Amazon, and a small percentage goes back to this show. That's MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. So, um, so yeah, um, I'm going to get some shouts out here, uh, since we're kind of already started that flow, and we'll get to um, the recap. You know, usually I try to do these live, but again, I didn't want to go camera ready. It's not a big show. Let's squeeze it in. Let's make this happen. I was actually going to do this last night, but I got distracted by a couple things. And then my my gas tank just ran out, you know, sometimes. You know, the old head trauma. And it's like Cinderella. He's like, we just hit the witching hour. I just hit a fucking wall. Um, And I think it's because my routine was thrown off because it was an early day card. And I'm not going to hate on early day cards because so many around the world... It actually helps, and so many of you guys are troopers. and I appreciate you guys. And that's some real level fandom um, to mess up your sleep schedule. So far be it from me to complain. I just, you know, even with normal stuff, with everything I have going on, I barely have time to watch the fights anyway, so it was like 10x. Um, that being said, I did, you know, I actually did try to do a decent job watching it at the cost of other things throughout my day, unfortunately. So, like, my whole day was gone, but, again, I can't complain. I know it's, uh, I know it's better for the for the gander, and my ass should've just woken up early because I missed the pre-show with Aaron B, uh, Aaron Bronstetter, of course, uh, my man from up north. Uh, uh, my Jewish brother from another mother. Uh, he uh, he did his Twitter spaces, though, that I jumped in on. Um, and Aaron, I believe, is gonna be on a much-deserved vacation, man, that guy hustles. Uh, I can't imagine anybody just too alone had a family to take care of this, you know, pandemic, which is still going on, you know, especially if you still have kids or what parts of the world or countries you are in. So, um, you know, we're very privileged if you're getting out there, you know, good good on you. I know I got out there a bit. Hey, you know, I'm super grateful, but uh, there's still plenty of people that are that are due and uh, my man's getting a due break. So go support a show, by the way, because, you know, a lot of you guys are gambling degenerates and whatnot. My man here, I know a lot of the journalists are doing the the gambling thing, but Aaron's been, uh, hacking at it for a minute, you know, week to week consistently out there over with TSN Edge, and he really killed it this last week, man, and I, I gotta give him his shouts, man, had some darts, like some third round plays, um, you know, uh, some really good, some, some props, uh, even, you know, um, yeah, I forget, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he was spot on, man. So shout out to him, Bazooka Zio Valtellini over the TSN MMA show. And they're the same way. It's a free show. They just ask for like the five-star ratings and reviews. They actually ask for less than me. So um, I got to give him a shout and give him some due there. Also, shout out to listener of the show. Uh, and friends that are listening to the show, which is crazy. It's like such a small world. My man, Alex G., who I got to catch up with, um, I used to... Uh, I used to work. Uh, we used to work at the Bellagio pool. Man, some stories. Me and Alex. You think. I, you think Dan Tom uh, was putting. It, you think I'm putting my impressions to work now. Um, my impressions got caught on so bad at that job that the like the pool supervisor like would write me into the rotation sheet. as like Christopher Walken one day, you know Yoda the next. Um, <laughs> 60 feet from the Padawan, you say? <laughs> uh, you know, God damn, do you have to turn everyone into a pervert? That's the key to a good impression. Uh, so uh, it was just, you know, immature but r- ridiculously fun times. And I want to give Alex a shout out. You know, small world out here, man. And, uh, you know, y- it's so easy to, you know, uh, you know, Label the internet as the internet, negative, you know, which a lot of it is, and this and that. But there's a there's there, there's good peeps out there, and the internet can do some good things, man. So shout out to Alex G, and the rest of uh his little uh his his little contingent there. And I don't say that in a demeaning way; i mean, in a loving way. I appreciate him. <laughs> so for any y'all listening. Southpaws, add stuff from Sam is a last shout. Um, Give me a shout. Uh, amongst some names like uh, you know WMMA addict who's got a great YouTube channel to subscribe to. Um, my 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 man and former colleague uh, Trent uh, Ryan Smith. Hopefully I said his name right. Trent's got his uh, own podcast. Uh, the Come On Now, which is on the Bloody Elbow feed. Of course, you guys know that. Um, you know I don't. I. I, I you know. I don't believe in the stupid rivalries out there, I can say MMA fighting, I can say Bloody Elbow, I can communicate with these people online, it's not, it's fine, I can reference them when they do, it's it's nothing, it's, it's really, it's okay, um, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, but, so I, I just love the reaching out and the shouts and the collective, and, uh, Sam at stuff from Sam was 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 kind enough to include me in this very show as a recommendation with uh, some high company that I consider so uh, was was appreciative man you know again any shouts but uh, especially from one of my favorite podcasts um, you know uh, the Southpaw podcast of course you guys know Um, you know means a lot so uh, appreciate that you know solidarity and support solidarity is so important man you know Uh, you know no, no no. being able to come together from different backgrounds um, you know for you know in a similar and uh, in point in a similar direction it's a uh, you know that direction is a uh, you know generally like to think, aim for good. It's it's good things, you know. You bring together and stuff. So it's more positive, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, man. <laughs> we'll we'll touch on that as we get to the recap. But uh, yeah, a little more positive out there, and I, I like it. I like it. I need more of that. I I need to focus more on that, right? Amazon Reads, and it, yeah, I just shouted out. Okay, cool. Uh, Bellator 261 and PFL six. Um, not much to say. I missed the Liz Carmouche uncharacteristic knockout. Uh, wanted to see my man Tim Johnson. Uh, shout out to the MMA Analysis podcast, Timmy Big Dick. Oh, that's why i meant for the shout. I mean, they had me on, of course. Um, had a good time, perhaps too good a time. Uh, you know, probably picked the wrong show to you know go and go back to, to, to drinking on a podcast for. But you know, hopefully, uh, I think I'm still employed, so we'll see how that goes. Either way, it was, it was honestly, it was a, it was a good time, man. Felt like I was just hanging out with the dudes, which uh, you know. <laughs> in that sense I probably said some very offensive things but um, again it's it's part of the reason why I listen to that show is because it's uh, fuck man it, it, so many including myself it, make the mistake of taking shit too seriously and uh, it's good to have your dessert and your laughs and uh, I've actually met, met some of those dudes in person and good dudes man so um, hopefully you know you guys uh, that, that check that out enjoyed that show enjoyed them because um, uh, you know I was gonna say if you, if you can't <laughs> if you can't enjoy their comedy, you're not gonna enjoy my comedy there because there's a lot of crossover <laughs> for better or worse, so it was cool, man, like uh, I feel like the few MMA shows I listened to I've been on like most of them, which is really weird to say that like what the heck' am, I just like listening any of these shows what the fuck are they doing have me on but whatever it's fun, man, and uh to be honest, I think I enjoy being a guest more than I was at times, so <laughs> So big shots to those guys. Apologies, I missed that on the first pass. But yeah, B- uh, Bellator 261, Timmy, big dick there. Uh, you know, he, p- he put it on the best he could, but Moldovsky comes through. I Guess that's why I picked him, but man, my heart was with Timmy and he betters out there. Um, I stayed away from Bellator, unlike last week, the week before, whatever, when I cashed Amosov. So like, I'll let you guys know if I do have plays, but there, there wasn't anything. Um, same with PFL, it's just so volatile. I didn't catch the Pettis loss. The Harrison win. I think the only thing I saw was that Pacheco like backstep knockout. Good on her, Pacheco. Pacheco. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, apologies again. Not very good with the uh, the <laughs> the coverage. It's just excusable this week. Although I do want to give Cage Warriors a shout, who had a very big uh, three event week, and you know you know it, some some good things for Irish MMA uh, as well. I believe. Was listening to Sean Sheehan on the Severe MMA Pod. Want to give them a shout. Um, again, shouting out good work. It's it's more people should do it. It's it's really this you know this whole thing is just it's it's silly, man. And that's why I always try to do that. That's why you know you'll hear me bring up like the Sean Sheehans of the world, like this isn't the first time, you know, and I, I do want to specifically bring him up, I bring him up, I'm probably sure I brought him up for scoring and stuff like that, which everyone knows he's great on, but uh, um, of course, you know, it's his side of the pond, so to speak, you know, he had Brad Wharton on, uh, excellent commentator, UK, and of course, sean specializes in irish mma so he does a lot of really good cage warrior stuff obviously no surprise there but just to remind people if they come here for and I'm, I, I again man i i'll raise my hand i'll be the first to admit my blind spots and um, as well as try to point you guys and help you guys out because that's what this show is about helping and if I, there's something that i can't help with um i can maybe at least point you guys the directions there so apologies for not giving cage warriors it's due and we'll make up for that by giving someone a shout who does give them their due. So there, like that. Look at that. Um, so uh, we're going to go to USC Vegas, 2.30. You know, about 15 minutes in here, 14.33. Um, we went 5, 7, and 1 overall. Uh, 1 and 2, in oh, bloodbath. 1 and 2 in props. And 1 and 5 in straight plays. Um, you know, uh Shouts to the, the Z's and the Luca of Furies of the world uh, to, to to steal the word, word that the parlance of that these kids are using and I, don't, I say kids endearingly obviously I think Luke is older than me probably um, I don't know <laughs> but the word variance uh, and I do want to give those guys a shout but the word variance um, and this was like I see that word b- being used a lot in the parlance and um, um, no issues with it I'm just saying actually, very this is I think this is a very a very good card to point out where that word applies um so uh it's it it is you know it, it's it was it was one of those five, those for sure and uh, again you know I me mean, i'm not an after the fact excuse uh guy um but you know um this was a good card for that and the good thing about doing recaps like this is like you can Get um, you can go fresh and you know fresh into it, whereas I'm usually doing my breakdown shows like at the end of the week, which means the recap is way stale, right? It's like leftovers gone bad, so I'm just trying to get through it, and I'm almost reading results at times. And you notice I never really get to talk about it, so that's another good thing about this. So, um, yeah, uh, so variance, a uh, lot, a lot of that, um, not so much. In the main event, this was I got got it wrong. I was on. I picked Volkov and I and I and I put a unit on Volkov as well at plus money. Um, on paper, you know, again, nothing regrettable. Doesn't doesn't look too stupid, but the the question marks. A lot of those um, were answered with Gon. Now, you know, um, he hasn't fought a strong wrestler as a Blades again, so that hasn't been answered. Um, we still have to see him. You know, against a uh, a power puncher that's more. That uh, has more of a game and more threats, uh, tools, etc., than a Rosenstrug. Um, So you know there are those there, but uh, this was a very clean variance. Had nothing to do. This was a clean loss. You know, this was a clean loss or a clean win, no matter what side you were on. Um, yeah, heavyweight MMA. I know, but no, this was this was a good fight. Um, you know, very technical. I know Derek Lewis was out there tweeting that it was a karate point fighting match, and it could feel like that at times. Um, but uh you know, just that footwork and distance management, it's not that we didn't know that Gon had it, but boy, does it? Did, did it even really hold it to the test with a, a fighter with some size parity now. You could argue that. Volkoff's footwork isn't the greatest, which it isn't, and he wasn't, doesn't utilize the greatest, which he didn't, but um, he's he still a, a servable threat, even in the, the status and, and the way that he fought. Um, I don't know where, like, an Ed Gallo would rank it as far as... Um, You know uh, how he ranks performances, which I appreciate. By the way, I like the context how he does it over there. He kind of grades how the opponent did, uh, both in the fight, how they normally do, and whatnot. It's it's more extensive, but you know, it's that's extensive is right up my alley when it comes to these things. And putting things in a proper context is also right up my alley. But you know, I do will defend. uh, You know, despite not being the maybe the best performance strategically and. Uh, tactically and um, from Volkov, uh, I st- I'm still impressed with what I saw from gone. And, you know, at a certain point, you can't take away from the other person either, right? So um, I'm going to have to rewatch it again. Um, you know, it's pulled away at points, which is why, again, I'm posting scores. Um, you know, again, I'm not trying to add to the misinformation. Getting on the broadcast is not that, <laughs> not that important to me. Um, you know, I appreciate the fuck out of it, don't get me wrong, but, like, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's more about putting good information, you know me, I'm weird like that, <laughs> I should care more about money and publicity, and maybe I wouldn't have <laughs> complaints or issues uh, with certain things, but, you know me, I'm focused on the work, uh, focused on the work was Tanner Bowser. didn't even do a camp, but it wasn't because he was lazy, it was because of quarantines, turnarounds, and he persevered, uh, Owen St. Pru, who, Again, I want to take away from Tanner Boger, but, oh, oh Vince, man, is it, he's always been inconsistent, but this kind of run of things is kind of, is really interesting. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, Zane Simon on the sixth round pointing out, but it is true, like, up until his last, his fight with, uh, was it Jamal? I believe he's only, was, like, knocked out twice in his career, really. I know he's got rocked a lot, and, you know, he's been on wobbly skates, but, uh, Jamal, uh, before Jamal and Tanner, it was, you know, it was, what, it was second round, um, perfect shot, Jimmy Manawan in England, and Virgil's Wicker back in 2009, Tennessee, Tennessee. Um, so is, that's pretty crazy, you know? So, you know, between the chin, the not throwing, the inconsistency 10 because he always was inconsistent, right? Um, very worrisome. Um, so, um, and yeah, I, I ate crap because I, I avoided the OSP but I played what I thought with the hedge or the chalk would be with my winnings from another uh, total play, which which did hit, we'll get to. Um, and I went over here, and it didn't, man. And, and you know, if someone was more likely to finish, it was OSP. So in that sense, I, yeah, fuck, I look dumb. But at the same time, I don't know if I would go back and change that and be like, Bowser's the more likely one to get a finisher, because I still don't believe that's how it was on paper. And factoring in the OSP possible drop off, not taking away from Bowser, right? But but the, these are real measurable things we just talked about, right? That are are backed with statistics in context, um, with OSP. Uh, but you couple that with it was just this kind of a crazy like fumble. I got to go rewatch it, but I believe it was a cage grab. Um, Herzog, who I love, and you guys know is one of my favorite referees, but I, I missed it. But uh, I believe he actually stopped the fighters and it confused them so if you have one thing and they're fighting one thing and they're not that really messes with the momentum of a fight um, and it wasn't a cage grab obviously like that wasn't um, you know on the replay or whatever but then you got that on the commentary you know which is adding a visual di- and another even hurdle for the not for the fighters uh, but you know the broadcast translates to the masses so the masses are even more confused now. And then you have a knockout happen, like, right after. Oh, and a headbutt as well. So it's like all these things. It's It was so it was so weird, and I don't want to take away from Bozer, and I'm not trying to cushion or make myself feel better, but, I mean, heavyweight MMA already should already come with variants alone. But, again, I didn't use that excuse for the top fight because uh, I don't believe it applied. But but this fight, you know, <laughs> and granted, we could have said that with any outcome. I mean, you got OSP who is inconsistent on his good days, and you've got... Um, bows are making this turnaround, so we could have already said that. It was already going to be in tangible X-Factor fight, so maybe that was just dumb of me to play the over, but I, I'll be honest with you guys, I ended up laying that, boy, ugh. That was bad. Um, I did a for fun parlay, and I was mad because we'll get to the one that... It, it didn't really matter your combinations, because all the parlay pieces were a trap, which is why I didn't officially recommend any, but again, I'm honest... Two on us, perhaps, for better or worse, mainly worse, on this show and others. So, uh, you know, again, I'll let you guys know what I did. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I tied Barcelos to one of those, and he lost a majority decision. Um, a draw would have been acceptable. But, uh, and again, I got pulled away from part of round one, but it looked like Barcelos was landing the hard harder shots, counters. But again, like I kind of, you know, like I kind of, I like did correctly predict, and, and you guys gave love to that tweet on Twitter, but was just saying that, like, don't expect these scorecards to be all over the place because judges, again, and I've been saying this at nauseum, and I'm not the only one, but uh, they are alert that they can't see body punches and counters, especially short counters. And Valiev, shout out to Conor Rebusch, I believe, on the Vivi. like compared Valiev to like a Jackson Wing fighter, even though he's not. But I totally agree with Conor. I totally see it. And uh, again, this would have been like the Jackson Lee performance that just got them hard. I mean, a little more spinning stuff that didn't hit at the end of the rounds, and I think that really would have, you know, endeared, uh, endeared the camp. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Uh, uh, endeared Winklejohn there, but uh, no, uh, it, it, of uh, obviously doesn't train with them. But is that similar style? That single shot variance, throwing variety. Now he was throwing hard and accurate, and uh, putting the shots together a bit faster. To his credit, right, um, and having to do so. Um, at times slash a lot of times from what I remember uh, with lateral or back foot movement in play so good on Valley of Man uh, not taken away from that I just felt that the harder more meaningful shots was done by Barcelos and um, again defense isn't rewarded and it's its own reward and it's not like it's, it is in boxing and yada yada but god damn he's doing the Aldo head movement and that takedown defense like come on man Give Aldo Light some, uh, some love there. Um, so I actually had it, tw- I think 29, for him because, again, it was, it wasn't, um, you can't listen to the commentary, you have to watch the fight, and from what I saw and from what other people I respect saw, it was a, it was a, a fairly close fight where you could argue Barcelos was winning, although I believe commentary was taken by the Flash of Valiant and not coming at commentary, um, you know uh, did a good job of course my man Brandon Fitz was on there love Brendan uh, and DC for the mistakes he made he called himself out and shouted you know I'm sh- a man Sean Sheehan there so no hate um uh, not not hating on them I should say not that I do but uh, but I believe again that you, you got to be careful because they're commentating they're not judging folks and they'll be the first to admit that too um, but I do believe they were they were calling it as if Valley was winning so I I and, and people I respect had uh barcelos edging so then when he does a, you know a, a last minute plus of knockdown and, and brutal damage um yeah i want 10-8 because especially with the comparing and contrasting rounds where you know they could be clear enough to make an argument for a fighter but they're close either fighter but they're close because you could do that that round was not close um so i actually leaned the 10-8 um you could have gone all three rounds uh like uh, shout out to ryan wagner uh at ryan wag mma uh one of the best if not the best uh analyst out in out there. I know he he posts a lot, but um I do like his scoring uh as well. Uh even though it can seem, you know, strongly contrarian. It's just that a lot of people don't n- know the criteria and if they do and are trying to um again, counters and other things are, are very hard to see by the eye. So, um I, I think Barcelona should have won or should have been a draw. Um and if I just, you know, he keeps hanging around, hanging, hanging around. I think he's going to be a guy I'm going to lose a lot of money on because he's going to be overinflated, uh, even though he wasn't for this fight. But, um, you know, uh, and I'm just, you know, just, just well-rounded enough. and just not, uh, I can already tell with my with my own biases, I'm going to call myself out now. It's going to be a tough, t- you're probably not going to want to listen to me in any Team Valiyev fights going forward. Not that I wish ill of the guy, just saying, I can already know my bias here. Andre Feely, no contest with Daniel Pineda. This was tough, man. They were just... This is why it sucks to know how the sausage is made. Because so many of us, it's not even just like the result. It's the fact that we just do the math and the paycheck math. You know, Feely's only going to get half his paycheck. And um, so I hope the UFC was able to do something backstage for him. Uh, that would be Nice. And uh, yeah, is just super tough, man. Um, uh, Feely looked really on point, sitting down on his crosses. I really like that, man. I really want to see more from him. Um, so if he's healthy, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a fast turnaround. I just hate when the UFC uses that and go, oh, it's okay, I know you got j- jipped out of your half, but we're gonna give you another fight. Yeah, that's right, you get to go put more miles in your body and risk your life in the cage. That's your, I mean, I know we should have maybe paid you more for the first time, But, you know, so I hope it's not one of those things again. I hope they give them the turnaround and some discretionary bonus action. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and believe they will. Uh, But, yeah, just, you know, you do that math. That's an extra rough thing on those. Uh, Next fight should be no surprise if you listen to this podcast or you just listen to my repeated Southpaw tweets on Twitter. Tim Means defeated uh, Nicholas Dalby. I know I'm being sensitive, but I just, uh, I was joking with with someone. I'm like, God damn it. I'm like... I, I'm, like, I don't, I'm like I'm seeing like people who follow me, who are friends and interact with me, like asking like, his, you know, what's the Southpaw? This, what's this, this, this?" And I'm like, "Guys, I I just tweeted the Southpaw record like two to three times in my ta- my timeline. I won't shut the fuck. You don't have to listen to my podcast and like you should know because I I tweet the shorts." short of it i tweet him in the long tweets i requote quote and double back to show you guys that see i'm fucking right and I, I hate to be that person that goes no one's talking about this and speaking in absolutes because i hate that shit but who else does southpaw stats folks i'll wait i'm still waiting yeah and who gets credit for those stats fucking seldom ever I think I've heard him used on, like, a broadcast, but, like, I wasn't credited for him, which is fine, like, it's, it's cool, but, like, I just, it just, after a while, I'm, like, from, like, you know, from the broadcast, like, and the broadcast has credited me for shit that I don't deserve credit for, so I'm not coming at him because they've given me credit for shit I don't deserve credit for, so I'm not complaining, but, just, uh, at, at them, I'm just talking about the Southpaw stats here out of principle, it's just annoying, I'm like, this is actually the one thing that I fucking do do consistently and nobody else does, and... These things are fucking actual contextualized stats that can be put in. Like this, this fight kind of proves it. Although means got hit late, and that's more of an aging thing, like an OSP factor. We got to be aware of. I'll talk about that here shortly. But I was just like, "Yo, can we? Like, what, am I that fucking? I know. Like, I, I, I feel like I cut my tweets down. Try to keep them informational. Um, but like, yeah, like your boy here, fucking doing one of the only things and just cannot get credit for the for the. For the South stats, so we'll see. Um, oh, my, I mean, don't get me wrong, my man, uh, my man West Colvin the natural UK fan, gave me a shout. Uh, he knew what was up. We did the the analysis together, and uh, yeah, man. Again, I told you, Dalby's one three and two officially, but he should be oh five and one with that one coming to a literal one arm fucking man. Um, you know, so you could say he's 0 and six. Now you could say he's 0 and seven. You know, even though it's technically one four and two. But he's 0-7 against Southpaws, Southpaw. Southpaw fault line. Not just my Southpaw stats that I consistently do, but the Southpaw fault line. Nicholas Dalby one of the key players in this strategic spider web that I've kept going and presented to you guys for your help. So, if you're using it, you're caching. And thank you for the, for the few of you who shout it and use it. You, know, y'all, you, the real ones. You deserve it. Um, so yeah, uh, Tim means, of course, you know. Uh, if we guys enjoyed that Spencer Fisher uh, tweet, that shout there, and working on some trilo- trilogy stuff, and uh, Spencer Fisher will come up in that as well. But him and his him and Tim Means fight that was classic. with some classic commentary, and uh, you know, um, I-, I felt like uh, you know maybe they could have shouted that on not shouted, but the, the the Means story as far as like him being shot and pushing through because like. You know, he got rocked early in the third round, and then he starts pushing to the cage, uh, down to the cage, and they're like, oh, no, is he going to recover? And I'm like, this guy's been, like, hit in the face with his shovel, lost a lot of teeth, uh, shot in the leg, still threw the guy through the window. Like, so, he you know, means he's going to persevere, but I do wonder if that fighting smart, air quotes there, not coming at it, but, you know, you know what I'm saying, is, um, a sign of even means maybe feeling his age and durability gone, going which we already kind of saw going. But when a tough MF or like means acknowledges it himself, um, that could be a sign, you know. Now he's not like OSP where the durability is going and he's like looking shot where he's not even freaking throwing. Uh, that's not means clearly. His eyes still work, he's still violent, uh, so that's why I, I put I played him here. Uh, and thankfully means uh means cash, the chalk cashed, um, you know. I, I laid more because it was chalk, but at the same time, I could have used some more of the dogs cashing. But hey, man, I'll take I'll take the dirty bird coming through. Hanato um, Moicano defeated Jai Herbert again and again. This is we're talking about the variants, Like Andre Feely, y'all should have cashed there if that, that was your parlay piece. Hiioni Barcelos, you should have cash or at least gotten a push there if that was yours, right? And Hanato um, Moicano would have been a parlay piece that would have cashed for you. He was in that range, so in hindsight, I should have had something on this. Um, I just couldn't quite figure out the angle. I probably should have played the sub because I did tell you guys that it was the grappling. Uh, I gave the grappling citations for both uh, their pasts and why we could see the weakness for Herbert creep up, again, and and the strength for Moicano, despite the size parity and and Herbert being the bigger man um, because they both were ideally going to be fighting more conservative considering how their last fights went. Pretty went straight on, so again... This is why I bring up the variance thing in the beginning. It's one of those cards where your analysis can be spot on, and your results may vary, you know? That is the volatility of MMA betting in general. Not to use it as an excuse, but, you know, like I was telling other MMA bettors who, you know, have been having rough runs, uh, because most of us all are, a lot of us, and if you aren't, props to you, don't get me wrong, fucking massive props, and and I try to give people props um, as they do, but... um, you'd also be lying if you said like you know what I'm saying like because it's there's so much and I don't want to abuse that that word but this just seems like the perfect card for it there's so much goddamn variance right now um, again the pandemic isn't over folks we're still you know this, it, we're still feeling the chaos effects of not just the pandemic and the training situation and like those issues of it but what it forced the matchmaking machine that was already couldn't that was already a snake eating its own tail couldn't keep up with itself like pre-pandemic and like kind of 10x that um, with all these crazy matchmakings and it's making the volatility not knowing who's coming up for a paycheck they're injured um, you know et cetera, et cetera, who's trying to fight out their contracts right now they're trying to get the fuck out um, there's just so much volatility and that's why um, I haven't been going super big for myself I haven't been telling my uh, hardcore bettors uh, who follow me like big things but when I do play things, I tell you guys, and I have been better about getting, trying to get these podcasts, especially the ones with more plays, um, out early, you know? So for whatever that's worth, um, and it's not worth much considering my record these of recent. But there is a ridiculous amount, uh, even if the analysis is right. Like the next one, um, the analysis was right as well, but the result wasn't, right? Uh, Kennedy uh, Ninchuk, Ninchuku defeated uh, Danilo Marquez via TKO. Um, I feel good, good for ninchuku and even though it sucks to have lost this bet, um, that I went on uh, a kind of double because I, I did a money line, and then I added Marquez by sub when that came out, um, which was represented in the numbers, and I did tell you guys that was my intention pre-on uh, the podcast. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I, I feel sucky that it was a losing bet. Um, but... Again, I, I don't know how much I could beat myself up. I told you guys that, you know, he's not the best athlete, but his he knows what he needs to do. Um, he's got that Damian Maya style, Damian Maia and Kings, and what was on the broadcasts, you know, who do you walk out with? Damian Maia, I told you guys that. I told you Southpaws to train with, which is why until he got tired, and when he wasn't tired, he didn't look lost on the feet, he could still, you know, he was defending a lot of those flurries, actually, even, like, in the second round. Like, a lot of that stuff didn't hit. It just he gassed out. But the single legs that were there repeatedly, uh, small grapple inside the cage. Problem was, is the opportunities he was taking. It was great. It was a short. It was the path of least resistance to the back. But be, it was a standing back, right? And and because he could not finish the standing back position, it becomes a point of diminishing returns where you're wearing yourself out and. Um, you know, if he could have survived that third round, perhaps he could have got the decision and at least you know save that part of the money line. But he tried so hard for the finish, which is what you want him to do. But the positions that he tried from were diminishing returns. They were they were, they're fairly defendable, um, and uh, and yeah, he wasn't able to break him down and get the weight draped on him, so it wasn't making him work as hard. Uh, and Ntchuku is very durable, and we've seen—you know—we've seen that. That is one of his biggest attributes. So, um, man, props to people on the Kennedy round three for the other end of it. Uh, but uh, you know, it went exactly how it did. just—you know—the guy didn't get the finish. So, um, can't ask for much more. The analysis was there, just the result. It, it doesn't always come with the analysis, even when the analysis plays out. That's how—you know—crazy the sport is. Shafkat Rakhmanov. Maybe I should have been more confident in him. Uh, I felt like I, I was more confident earlier in the week. Listening to other people taking the shot on Perceres for value, which, you know, the dreaded V-word, shouts to Joey Odessa, but I didn't blame people. Um, Michel, (laughs) I finally tweeted the dodgeball thing. Uh, He does make things, you know, difficult with his style and frame, so. um. But, you know, Shavkar Rakimanov really made some really impressive decisions. He threatened with the front headlock, but didn't sell out. You could tell Michel, like a veteran, was hoping he would. Um, and I really like the decisions that Shafcat made, real tight transitions and uh, into that classic Khabib meta, you know, allowing them to get up in the fence, becoming the first person to stop and submit uh, Michel as a pro, I believe. So that was really impressive. So Shavkat's going to be, uh, is going to have um, big numbers attached to his name, but hopefully he'll get a step up just so we can see, so all right up next uh as the intro uh as the intro cue is jeremiah was a bullfrog buh-num, buh-num, knock warly alvez out buh-num. dan tom should have stuck with his opinion because it's a habitual clock checking and sucking uh <laughs> sorry no it wasn't even the case actually where i was like he was gonna like give him the vet lesson keeping calm you know in that first round like okay tire yourself out kid i'm like holy shit are we seeing Warley as the vet here, and um, kind of like my man, shout out to Fino from the Fight Site was saying he just kept throwing those uh, not very well set up leg kicks at pocket range and was putting himself in striking distance even to a five nine welterweight and paid the price for it. didn't Didn't take the warning signals that he got earlier in the fight. Got hit clean when he should at the point where on paper he probably should have been turning the fight around. So yeah. Um, Shouts to somebody who said, it, "Like, in you know, I didn't. Again, I didn't give out official parlay, and I didn't say to go out and parlay Worley. But I did say, like, I I probably don't want to admit it because my Worley Alves is a bias, but he's probably the best parlay piece in this card because Jeremiah was taking this short notice. Nope, I really should just stuck with my gut as far as my opinion on Worley Alves. But uh, yeah, I think I ended up like putting him with like Barcelos for like a Brazilian two piece, and uh, yeah, nope, would have been dead in the water either way." Marcin Prachnio defeated Ike fell in a, wave of a KO body kick. This is tough. Um, even this one, I want to say that because there's a lot of... you could use the variance thing on paper before this fight started. Regardless of the result, it was one of those volatile ass heavyweight or light heavyweight fights. But I-, I ain't mad, man. This feels like a clean. Uh, uh, this feels like a clean L to me. Um, I thought Ike could survive the storm. Looks like he was going to, but Prachnio, man, he has been better with his composure. He's been harder to finish. And he did a, a decent switch up to the southpaw liver kick. You know, it takes out, like I tweeted, it takes out the toughest guy at the party. He's got a great chin, that's why I picked him. But, you know, no matter how good your chin is, the liver kick defeats all. You know, again, shout out to Tim Lane, kickboxing coach, uh, former kickboxing champ. He just says, what's the, what's the number one kick? What's the most destructive kick? You know, everyone's like, head curl, head kick, Barbosa Adam, spin kick. Someone tries to be clever, Nutshot. No, it's the, the trick white, it's the liver kick. It's the liver kick. Um, or, I'm sorry, the giga kick, you know, because, you know, I guess he made it up there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, damn. All right, uh, but yeah, so good on prac now. Um, I won't, I won't cry the variants on that one, but that, that's, you know. It was a pretty risky fight. I knew what I was putting my money in when you put your money into something like that. Uh, Julia Vila defeated uh, Julie Dostorilenko. Um, the only thing I was right on this is that it could play out closer than the line expected, which was true. But I can't brag because I didn't have anything on this fight, man. I even tried on the analysis. You know, I was going to try to be contrarian, stick up for the ladies over there because you know, the, you know, uh, give them some representation. And uh, I, I had fucking nothing. <laughs> Dude, I tried. I did like. I'm such a fucking hypocrite. One of the many things I got to get better at, folks. Um, I got to get better at uh, giving these ladies these due on that. I mean, I'm getting better researching all these fights. To be fair, it's not like I'm not just not researching. I'm not researching most of these you know with the last few weeks. And I've been upfront with you guys about that, not researching heavily. But uh, I feel like uh, I got to give. I got to be better with the ladies. And I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting. It's kind of embarrassing here. So, uh, but good on Julia Vila. How can you not feel good for her? Um. Yeah, just, that was some feel-good stuff. So good on Avila, man, Raging Panda. Um, Charles Rosa defeated Justin Jane. Split decision. Um, I got pulled away from the first round of this fight, but this was kind of similar to like, the Barcelos thing where like, I felt like you know, the harder counters and the harder shots was being landed by Janes. And you could have really argued him for one and three. Um, you know, that 30-27 Rosa was ridiculous how someone gives him the third round. But... Um, I mean Justin James man he bet his whole purse we all know that and he had Chris Lee and Adelaide Burr as the judges. I mean for that alone y'all shouldn't be y- y'all should feel bad for the guy. I mean he never had a chance at this one of the scorecards. Chris Lee and Adelaide fucking bird. Uh no, but uh but yeah man um it could have been 1 and 3. I'm not mad with the decision although that scorecard does suck and I'm you know I feel for my guy. Uh yeah, I lost a bet too but like it's fine because um I'm Actually ended up positive on that fight because, like I told you guys, to not listen to my bias, the real betting angle here um, was the over, which you could find at plus money at some places. And uh, I think outside of my guy danced up, um, shouts to Dan. Uh, I I didn't see anybody else on that, so uh, or 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 in that angle. So um, gave you guys that winning angle here. So I'm not. I know I'm biased on this fight. Um, so i want to state that before i go into this next point um uh, but uh it's just you know it's just that so it, it, i'm biased but like keep in mind i'm not i'm not sour i i made money off this fight you know what i'm saying i'm i'm fine i'm not like the people up in justin janes's comment sections who are in his dms going i bet on you you fucking loser and like it's just the Nerve on people, and I wonder how much of it is that. And, and I, at first, I want to say it's a decent fraction of people just upset because they bet on these fighters. But sadly, it's kind of just a it's kind of the culture of like we enjoy seeing people doing worse than us or how we perceive as worse, even though James is doing better than all y'all, most of y'all, I should say. Uh, that most of y'all who would hate on him, not you. Kind listeners who listen to the show. You guys actually have fucking hearts and consciousness. So even though I don't have a big strong listenership or the followers like the uh, I don't know the the the, uh, <laughs> the weasels of the Booker beards of the world, whatever those guys do, bless them, good on them. But uh, you know, um, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that I, you know I got people I can actually talk fights with, and you know I, I can be a human being and express human being sentiments with and you know you know and, and not worry about clapback you know although you do get that and um and there was some of that with people telling on themselves like when I posted like because everybody was just shitting on him it's just ugh, I'm stretching here everybody was just shitting on him like like is this like like betting on yourself like you don't you guys realize like he's not the he's he's not the first fighter to, to have done something like that like other fighters have bet on themselves before this was just a little more publicized right in the UFC. Um, and in theory, fighters are betting on themselves. And secondly, um, not just you know with their health and all these things, which are much more important than a paycheck, but they only get half their fucking pay. They're essentially having to gamble in their fucking contract. They're all gambling in there. And people also act like that money was gonna, like the money these fighters get, half a paycheck from one fight, especially fighters on James's level. Like that's gonna make a dent in his life. Secondly, James is actually a gambler like you all. Like he's a real gambler. Like, he he stays up and he sharks people in the fucking poker rooms. Um, you know, like y- yeah, he teaches classes, but like that's not enough to sustain fighters. You know, they, they have to have sponsorship deals, all these other things. Like this dude's, a, you know, he t- teaches classes. He makes his makes. Uh, you know, he does. You know, uh, uh, he's been able to support himself. Let's just say with you know playing poker. Um, I don't want to say professional. I don't know how you classify it, but he's a he's a real gambler, and uh, the man hunts for his food. You know, I mean? like he he supports himself. Um, he, he understands the swings of of gambling. Um, the dude gambles with big money, um, so it, it's it was just felt like such you know from the gambling side. It felt like such little dick energy and such hypocrisy for anybody to be criticizing him. It's like wait, these guys, A, they bet on themselves, the money's not going to sustain them anyways, um, they bet more importantly, you know, uh, with more important stuff like their health, the betting is actually written into their contract <laughs> with, with, with the way the pay is structured, and um, he decided to bet himself on something he can control. He's the one that's actually in their fucking fighting. So it's so hypocritical because I would like to ask anybody that criticized or made a criticizing or snarky tweet to Janes, how many bad bets have you made? How many bad bets? Because you've all made them. How many bad bets did you make that same night? Right? How many bad bets did you make there? Um... And by the way, people that criticize the fight IQ and the takedown, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fair. Um, You know what I'm saying? So anybody who made tweets on that, that's all cool. I'm not trying to fucking scold or be, again, I'm not fucking police here. I stated my bias. I would be saying this if it was any fighter. Um, And even with the, the takedown thing, which is perfectly fair to criticize, don't Perfectly fair. But you know me, that even if there wasn't this bias, and again, I, I want off this fight. It's not it's not sore grapes for me. Even if there wasn't this bias, I'm not the one to like go, did you see how stupid this fighter was? What a fucking idiot. Gosh. um, And you know, and, and like harp on it. Like I, I might mention it and then I'll move on. Um, And I don't think that I do it too disrespectfully or anything like that either. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty fair about things. Um, But like, and again, you're more than welcome to criticize that. But like, I, I'm not being hypocritical uh, here because I I, I I would have kept the same energy regardless of bets that cashed, that didn't cash, knowing Janes or not knowing Janes. Um, it just seemed very hypocritical because, again, how many of those people actually, you know, even if they didn't bet on Janes, right, but how many times have you bet on fighters that made stupid decisions? And it's just like, <laughs> A, whether it's the the betting on themselves like Janes did or the having a guy hurt and going for a takedown like Janes did. And by the way, like a bunch of other fighters did on that card too. So let's be fair here. Um, and, f- you know, again, totally fair to criticize Janes. But I feel like the more pressing, the more relevant question is why are fighters continually to doing this? They've done this since the Golden Age era. They do this throughout all organizations from top, mid-tier or perceived, you know, bottom levels, all these levels, it happens. It happens multiple times, even on the most relevant up-to-date cards that just happened on Saturday, folks, with not just Janes, not just fighters who, whether they bet their person themselves, like Janes, which I, I get it, it's not normal, I am not. I get why it's getting attention, I'm not, not hating on that, or fighters that just, you know, do the normal bet on themselves, and have the normal things running on the line, like rankings and their fucking livelihood um, it doesn't matter, it's something that's still ingrained for when you're punching these guys you go and go for a takedown and shouts to Connor and Iggy for a recent conversation they had on ten, Tengredome on the fight site MMA podcast feed, but it's a very emotional thing fighting man, you're under duress and you, you know it's so rare to have a fighter you can count on um, and even those fighters that are perceived as smart were scared to death in there, you know, like GSP's and so on, um Fight IQ really is a rare thing. We can criticize the bad moments and Jane's definitely had a bad moment in there, right? I'm not saying don't criticize, I'm not saying the sky is not blue, folks. But what I am saying is that I don't understand why people would harp on it. Um, because it's you know, if if you if you really care about that question, then why why aren't we mentioning the multiple other times that happened on cards that it actually costed some other people on this card, you could argue, certain things? Um, it happens all the time. I don't know what it is. And if you want to point out that, it's crazy that even a guy like James, who bet all that money and was going for it because he knew he had to and props to him for going for it and leaving it all in there, tactically still made the questionable decision that we that we see many fighters make. That, that's crazy. And that is crazy. and That's very fair to say. Um, again, fair to credit, but... It is just, I guess, what, what amazes me is as I circle the drain with all these kind of little factoids and questions and hypocrisies that I just saw pop up on my timeline from randoms to people I, I know and respect, um, people that I know are in the gambling game that you know, that, that even train and stuff. I, I just didn't understand this, this joy that we get. You know, I think my man Sam tweeted something like, MMA is like a game show where it's like poor people beg for money but they also fight in between. And I kind of got, I don't want to say it's a joke, because there's actually a lot of serious parallel in there, but, you know, I got the tweet, and I replied to him, like, and it's weird, because, like, instead of game show audiences cheering for when people do well, like, in MMA, from the media to the fans online, it's like, we just attach onto the negative. We're just like, fuck you. It's, like, it's like, you know, whether we're, we're, we're you know, us as media, we're t- tweeting, posting the negative timelines, or framing things in that kind of negative, questionable ways. we know we'll get more clicks, or, um, you know, or from the, you know, the quote, air quote, fan perspective of, you know, shitting on these guys and being up in the comments and replies and, you know, it's probably the same people that, like, try to suck Elon Musk's dick, you know, that are just, like, defending billionaires and multi-million dollar companies um, and not the fighters who don't have leverage and have the things stacked against them and are providing said entertainment that even brought them slash us here in the first place. I don't get that. And I don't think it's me being biased. I don't think it's me being fucking damn putting his moral high nose in the air. Like, dude, you hear the shit I say, you know, like, I believe me, I, I have plenty of fucking hypocrisies um, that I'll readily admit uh, and I'm, trying, I'm working on, uh, believe me. So it's, I'm not trying to come at it from this angle, but it is amazing how fucking happy we are to see someone lose when we ourselves have lost betting on so many types of games, not just MMA. And when we do bite on MMA, we're betting on people with things we can't control. We're betting on the most volatile. We, You don't understand. If you lose an MMA bet, you deserve to. I, I deserve to, too, by the way. It's because we're betting on such a vol- volatile, stupid thing. Um, we're betting on, A, a volatile, stupid thing. B, a volatile, stupid thing that we have no control over. So a guy who's spent almost two decades, or oh, been spent over two decades wrestling, and almost two decades uh, wrestling at a high level and fighting, in a cage, we're going to question that guy for trying to bet his measly underpaid paycheck. Half, not even his paycheck, half his measly underpaid paycheck. We're going to criticize that guy for betting it. And then when we lose, we're going to doubly criticize him. Like, that's how this works. That's how... Like, it, it, is, it is gross. And, you know, so, you know, when I tweeted that, I don't know who needs to hear this, but fighters gamble with a lot more than their, half of their fight purse, every time they step in there. And most people got it, and some people told them themselves in the comments, which is always funny, I always love looking at those accounts and who follows who and where it's, it's, it's never surprising, you know, the profiles are always entertaining. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, um, oh, that must be pretty low, like, just to get, like, I don't know, man, like, freaking, it, just, it blows me away, how hard, even in the pandemic era, I know, maybe these guys wouldn't get chances a lot of these fighters, but like still, how hard it is to get to these levels still, like, just for your body to hold up, right, like, it's it's an amazement in its own, and, uh, but, but yeah, I don't, sorry, I know I'm rambling here, I just, I, I, boy, just, our MMA space really shows its true colors when people are down, like, I'm just, and it's funny too, because like, you look at the comments, like, um, even Justin and his coaches, like, they all posted, like, his coaches, by the way, gambled their purses too. And were they sour? No, they tweeted, they stuck by their guy, and they tagged Charles Rosa, giving him congrats. All class, uh, all congratulatory to Rosa's team, still standing by their guy and proud of their guy, and, and the, the, the coaches, uh, you know, in their comments, people <laughs> the fucking loser, he didn't win any rounds. And, like, it was just like, what the fu-? You guys are actually burning calories for this shit? it's hilarious it it just i mean it's cool because these people tell on themselves i just i feel bad for the fighters that have to get inundated for this stuff like for me it's like it's like the same people that pop up on you know youtube or twitter and it's like the same person you could tell it's like oh oh insecure dude about uh you know whatever is is saying comment like you know like I, i it's easy for me man like it's real easy um i'm doing good you know i'm 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 kicking ass still, you know, especially with that, you know, fucking everything in my life going, like, dude, I ain't, I ain't, I'm good, I ain't got complaints, I'm fine, I feel bad just, I, but, you know, I, I'd be lying if, like, dude, if I had my comments, the negative ones 10 x or 100 x which is more accurate to these fighters get, I can't say that I'd be, no, it doesn't bother me at all, like, that shit seeps in there, man, and, uh, Fuck, man. This is the stuff that, you know, when you actually know these fighters, the, from the physical to all these other things you have to go through, it's just like, shit. I don't know, man. Again, criticize the fighters for their performances. That's all fair. But, like, kicking someone when they're down, I think there's a line there. And a, a lot of people showed themselves, man. Anyways, uh, Demir Hadzovic defeated Yancy Medeiros. Um, I was wrong on this one, too. Uh, you know, but, again, not, not, you know, clean fight. No, uh... Bad scorecards or anything like that. Um, but, you know, uh, where the V word, I guess, comes into play is, you know, we could have seen a similar Kennedy and Chico Marquez. You know, it really almost happened right there with Yancey uh, almost finishing Hadzevich um, in the uh, in the third round. That being said, uh, you know, the defense of Yancey is, oof, it's never been great, but just, I don't know, man. I You know, the, the wars and stuff, you just, I don't know. Without having anything back, I feel like it's going to be diminishing returns. And I hate to say that out loud. But um, I, mean, I thought he had enough here. But um, I don't like seeing Yancy having to, having to dig those fights out this late in his career like that. Whereas Hadzovic, Hadzovic. This is the Hadzovic a lot of us were fans of from Cage Warriors. That made me a fan of why I was so high. I don't know what's been up. I know it's been a lot of inconsistent performances. I think Moicano was his last fight at the beginning of the pandemic. But um, Hadzovic really showed up here, man. So um, yeah, you know, again, I'll, I'll take I'll take the L there. You know, it, it was what it was on that one, uh, and I'm happy for Hadzovic. Um, so yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, I think we went like five, seven, and one, but it's like, you know, Yancey gets that thing at the end, Feely doesn't get DQ'd, <laughs> Danilo actually finishes. Um, you know, it's it's. There's a lot of these things in there, you know. The, the you know we don't have Chris Lee, Adelaide Bird on the Justin James Rosa card. <laughs> uh, Barcelos gets the win or a draw, like it should have been, right? I mean, you look at these, and it could have been a completely different card. But uh, and I usually don't do that and try to go, what if, 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 um, if. <laughs> uh, I'm usually not that guy, right? But uh, but th- this was definitely a card where it was just a great example of all the, the different things that can go down in MMA. Um. And, and as well as how, how we react to them, I guess, right? So anyways, um, props to these fighters who are betting on themselves, man, because guess what, folks? Surprise, surprise. They're, they're, all these fighters are betting more than what, whatever Jane's bet um, on Saturday. I don't I don't know why that's a surprise, why that's such a big deal. But I guess it is. Uh, and by the way, that's not criticism of the people, I mean, even my own media, like, like, I, I feel like we're making a big tube, you know, sharing these, like, framing it like, oh, look at this guy, he lost all, he bet. Is like, without sharing context and stuff. Um, not everybody, like, I think Ben Folks, Ariel, had, had great tweets out there, thoughtful ones. Um, But just seeing everybody jump on the train, is just like, yeah. But, I mean, why should I be surprised when, you know, the people that do the well are, like, the crazy ego-inflated people or just, like, you know... You know, anyway so I don't know I guess that's just the way of things I'm going to keep being real I appreciate y'all uh, I w- want to ask this question we're doing some behind the scenes voting uh, for some mid-year awards and um, I feel like this is fine to reveal one of the uh, I just want to know if I'm crazy here uh, one of the options for a f- fight of the mid-year was Carlos Diego Darius, which was an awesome fight and I loved it and it went back over the grappling exchanges a bunch um, with my jiu-jitsu coach um, and uh, great fight but uh, I felt like Gregor CDF was a better fight, not just because there was a finish. There was you know huge t- 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 tide turns, narratives, important parts of their career. Um, it was like the grappling version of Yuri and Reyes, and we don't really get those kind of fights. You know, it's really it, it's 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 easier to get from technical to Rockham, Sokum, Jung, um, Garcia. You know, like it's easier to get to run the gamut of these fun striking momentum swings that tend to compromise. Um, fight of the years, fights of the mid years or fights of the nights because they need momentum swings and usually there's much more momentum swings and striking than there is grappling Uh, so when you do get it and you get it at a high level and you get it in such an entertaining package it is so rare Um, I actually, which was allowed in the, the voting criteria I voted for that fight instead of CDF Benil but even ranked above the fights that have happened maybe it's my grappling bias but I actually put it as my number one um, am I crazy there, guys? Is CDF Gregor not as good of a fight? I mean, maybe ranking it as high as I did, that's definitely me and my bias. You, you know, I don't expect a lot of people to agree on that, to be honest, but more just the CDF and CDF Benil, and I'm not trying to, you know, let up my colleagues or anything like that either, by the way. I just It's just one of those things of curiosity. Like, is it me? Am I crazy here? Like, that was an amazing fight, right? And CDF Benil was too, and I love, I love Benil. But um, I felt like Gregor CDF was was better. So let me know at Dan Tom MMA. M- and I wrote Lombard BKFC because I think I was going to record this podcast last night and it was getting late and I saw that highlight of Lombard just two piecing some dude who I don't know who it was, forgive me. And it terrified me because I remember that Hector Lombard has my number and he texted me to see if I was awake one time at midnight. The scariest fucking text I've ever It was like Stewie with Willem Dafoe under his bed. Hey Stewie. Yes. You awake? Yes. Just checking. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I felt like. (laughs) Hey Daniel, you wake. (laughs) No, yes. All right. So that was UFC Vegas thirty. I'm gonna be back this week. Check out the timeline at Downtown MMA at the Pym Podcast. Especially if you want to submit your top five list. Gonna be doing a with Chris Marini on Tuesday, so I'll be tweeting out the list on Monday tomorrow. uh, For top five, what is it? We're going to do, uh, I'm, uh, I forget the wordage, but it's going to be uh, career-changing battles and then be doing um, top five tactical battles with Dan Albert on Saturday. So, um, all right, so I'll see you guys for those. Enjoy the fights. Uh, you know, no, enjoy the fights, I guess. I don't know. Enjoy your time off. Jesus, just, you know, go give your, your brother's, sister's, parents... Third ones, significant others. If you're lucky enough to have any of those, just give them big hugs. Give them big love. Um, you know, to, you know, work on yourself like I am or anything like that. But uh, you know, maybe just try not to kick people when they're down. Um, you know, celeb. You know, you know. Let, let, let's act like we've been there before. So let's, let's let's you know. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. Try to try to. I'm preaching to the choir because y'all are good people. If you listen to. The, you know. This show, or maybe not, because I'm not a good person, but you know, whatever. We're trying at least, that's the point. We're trying, uh, so let's keep trying and, uh, let's not, uh, you know, let's not fit these, uh, negative stereotypes that tend to go with the MMA space as true as they seem to be. Um, love you guys. Uh, again, Amazon, uh, on it, uh, PayPal links at mixmartialanalyst.com, uh, YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA, uh, Apple Podcast, five star ratings and reviews at the PYM Podcast on all social platforms, at Dan Tom MMA. And uh, until next time, protect your neck.